0: Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to the first part of our brand new series, Soul Care. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. Jeremiah 17:7 7, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. My trust isn't just in the Lord. My trust is built a whole and my everything, my whole being is in the Lord. Blessed is the one who trusts is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and sends out its roots. (laughs) There we go again. That one was me. There's no, uh, I just read it twice. (laughs) Sends out its roots by the stream. He does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green. It is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Verse nine, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, Search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. I want to call uh, our message today healthy spirituality, healthy spirituality. Come on, you guys can clap your hands. Take a seat. Come on, we're going to try one more time to get that backlight on. It's not that difficult. And uh, as we're sitting down, can you guys just, can you turn to the person next to you and just welcome them to church today? Just say, I'm so glad you're here today. So glad that you guys could be here today. Uh, If you do not know, my name is Harrison. I'm the pastor here, and I am just so honored that you guys could be here today. Uh, Today is, if you didn't know this, the second last 10 a.m. service. Second last, if you love 10 a.m., you're like, what's going on? Uh, In two weeks, we're going to two services. Come on, somebody. So just going to make room and just continue to allow people to experience the hope and the healing that is found in Jesus' name. And listen, if you struggle to get to the 10 o'clock, I got great news for you. We got an 11 o'clock coming in in two weeks. (laughs) Somebody said amen. If you have kids, you only have one option, though, so... We'll talk about that later. Anyways, i got to get to the message today. Uh, we are beginning a brand new series, as I said, so I'm excited to get into that. Uh, but before I get into that, I kind of want to tee the whole series up with the story. Uh, if you guys uh, are a part of our church and care about us deeply, you will know that uh, we just got back from a vacation uh, as a family, and this was our first international vacation as a family of five and so we wanted to get away as well as before we were a family of six we wanted to get away we're a family of five right now uh in like three months four months we're going to be a family of six with four kids all under the age of four it's going to be so much fun and man we're just growing this church and that's that's why we're going to two services in a couple weeks here. But uh, it's funny. So we, uh, we booked our flight beginning of January for the end of January. Now, under normal circumstances, that's not a big deal. That gives you about three weeks to mentally prepare to go on a vacation. The only issue for us was none of our kids had passports. And uh, on top of that, not only did they not have passports, none of our kids even had birth certificates. Now, this is news to me because I thought you got a birth certificate simply for being born. (laughs) Apparently not. And so we had to get passports, birth certificates, passport photos for our whole or all of our kids in the matter of three weeks. And to top it off, because I'm a man of faith in the Lord, I didn't buy any insurance for cancellation. (laughs) Needless to say, crazy couple of weeks But, uh, man, and we just, and you guys have probably heard some stuff. We also began to hear horror stories, right, of, like, the passport office and some people taking months to get passports. But, again, like, favor ain't fair, people. We got it all done. (laughs) Three weeks. Three weeks. And so, uh, end of January, we only had one last hurdle to jump over, and that was the fact that our flight uh, left really early. And so we had to leave our house around 4 a.m. And It's an ordeal to leave your house at 4 a.m. Best of times, with three kids, three and under, more of an ordeal. Uh, But we did it. Car seats, diapers, wipes, everything. We made it to the airport. And I remember, like, when we went through security, went through customs, sat at our gate, and I saw the plane out the window, I felt like I made it. (laughs) Like, this is it nothing else matters and it's funny because like the vacation which was to follow is really when you think about it supposed to be the best part of the entire journey but for me all I really felt like that mattered was the fact that I got on the plane like after that like I didn't care what happened it was a win it was a W come on somebody but like I was I was thinking about that story this week, and I began to think that when it comes to how many of us view a walk or our walk with Jesus, I think a lot of us kind of view it the same way that I've viewed my journey to get to the plane. You see, I think for a lot of us, when we begin to picture what a life with Jesus is, and, and maybe church, we even do this sometimes, we make such a great emphasis on getting to Jesus, Like, if you just get to Jesus, everything will change. Now, do not misunderstand me. If you don't get to Jesus, nothing else matters. But I want you to hear me a life with Jesus is actually the good part. Like, it's amazing to get to Jesus. And you guys have probably heard the language before like, I got saved. Right? Like, how many of you guys are saved in this place? Can you just shout it out? Like, I am saved. Like, I went from death to life. Come on, somebody. Like, I, and I love the language. People are like, I was saved in 1999. Like, I was wilding, I was selling drugs, and then Jesus saved me. And if you've never experienced that salvation moment, don't worry. Because we usually give those appeals, like, every single week for you to put your trust in Jesus. But what I want to suggest as we enter into this new series and this new season that we're in, a life with Jesus and the journey to Jesus, I should say, is just the beginning. Getting to Jesus, getting to the starting point is literally that. It is the starting point, not the finish line. We as a church, if you're part of our community, you will know that the vision that we think that God has given us for this next year is to go deeper. And I truly just feel like in this last number of months, whether it was untangling emotions or total truth or kind of the, the at least the talking points that God has been leading us, I really feel as a church that God has taken us deeper. And one of the ways that I know we're going deeper is that some people can't get there. You guys hear that? When God calls you And what God calls us as a body deeper is gonna lead us to a decision point. Am I gonna go or am I gonna go somewhere else? And so in this series, we're calling it soul care. And like it sounds really nice and therapeutic. But what I want to do in this series is I want to take us deeper. And what we're gonna do over the next, and I don't even have a number on this. Could be four weeks. Could be five, I don't know, we'll see. Could be all the way to Easter, we'll find out. But I believe that God is calling us deeper. And I believe that there's gonna be a point for all of us as we go through this series, a point of decision to say, am I going to go deeper? And really what I want us to say in this series is am I going to go to a place where my soul can actually heal? You see, when we come to Jesus, as, as I said, in the language of salvation, we are saved But I want you to understand this. You are not healed, at least not fully. And the process of God healing and caring and mending our souls is not a one-time thing. I get saved, listen to this, I get saved in a moment, but I get sanctified over a lifetime. I read a quote this week, I thought it was so apt, and it was comparing um, our journey with Jesus to a steamship or a boat. This is what it says. It says, The steamship whose machinery is broken may be brought to the port and made fast to the dock. She is safe, but not sound. Repairs may last a long time. Look at this. Christ's design is to make us both safe and sound. Justification gives us the first. That's a fancy word for salvation. We're justified. Justification gives us safety, but sanctification gives us the second, which is soundness. Now, I'm going to break down these big words, justification, sanctification, as we go on. And I also want to say, I really feel like I made it when I'm quoting unknown authors. (laughs) But the point is this. When you come to Jesus, listen to this, you are safe. If you feel like I've I've been wandering in circles, I can't get out of my own way, when you come to Jesus, listen, that which is lost is found, and it takes but a moment. But here's the part I want us to understand. You're safe, but you're not sound. Why? Because my mind, my soul, it's been through some things. All of us have been through some things. And the process of coming to Jesus is that he wants to take us on a journey that is holistic. God wants us to be safe, but he also wants us to be sound. And I want us to understand to become sound does not take a day. Doesn't take a week. And listen to this. It doesn't take a sermon series. So some of you guys are like, okay, Harrison, like, I get it. Not one day, but after these five weeks, like, then will I be good? It's a lifetime. Now, the beauty of following Jesus is I follow him one step at a time. And so literally each and every day as I am following him, my mind is actually being rearranged and my heart is actually mending. But what happens as God calls us deeper is that you begin to realize I have more brokenness than I really thought. And he begins to work that out. And so the reason I call this soul care much to, this, to the dismay of some people, uh, I've never read the book Soul Care. A lot of people were like, is this based off Soul Care? Never heard of it. <laughs> but I, I bought it. So, <laughs> like the four people, you convinced me. So I bought the book last week. Came on Amazon. I read the intro on Friday. So um, <laughs> m- maybe I'll pull some principles from it. But the reason I called this Soul Care was I had this idea that I think is not mine, but a biblical idea that you and I are not just physical beings. The Bible lets us know that we are two parts. We are body and we are soul. And so we have the physical part of ourselves, but we also have that metaphysical part, that part that we can't really determine by a scan or an MRI or an X-ray. There is something deeper within us. We are not just body, we are also soul. And so the issue then, especially when it comes to how we heal, is that I think we are ever increasingly moving towards a time and a place where people believe we are just body. We're just physical beings. That's it. And so if your life is messed up, drink more water. Get a little more sunshine. And that stuff is good because we are body. We're not simply just a soul. But we're not compartmentalized beings. And what that means is this, is that when God wants to heal us, he wants to heal our bodies, our souls, our minds, every part of us. And so uh, the idea, Harrison, like what what does this really mean? Um, Genesis chapter 2, I'll kind of show us where this comes from. This is the creation of Adam. It says, the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. So right here we see two things. God forms the body. This is important. Body and soul both belong to God, both come from him. God creates the body, that's the, that's the physical part of us. But then he blows into him the breath of life. And that is the more metaphysical, that is the divine, that is the soul. And so every single one of us, I want us to hear this as we go through this series, you have a body, but you also have a soul. And what's really important is that you understand that both your body and your soul were given to you by God. Harrison, why is this important? So I kind of teased it in the leading up to this, but we live in a culture right now that's heavy on self-care, right? Like self-care is really important. And um, I do think that self-care is important, but the reason I call this message soul care is because I think that many times in our culture there are things that we label as self-care that don't actually help us, but they hurt us. And so the reason I called this soul care is because I want us to understand that both body and soul come to us by God from God. And so if that is true, now you might be sitting here today a little bit skeptical. Harrison, I'm not really sure where I fall on that spectrum. Totally fine. You don't have to believe. But if it is true, if God is the one that has given us body and soul, then what I can deduce is that he then would know Actually, what my body and soul need. And so what I want to do in this series is I want to stretch us outside of ourselves, outside of maybe conventional wisdom. And I want to show us what God says that we need in order to be healthy. And so every single week, we're going to look at a different array of things. I think every message, if I really stay kind of organized, will be healthy something We have healthy spirituality today, but I want to talk about healthy relationships. I want to talk about healthy sexuality. I know a lot of people have been asking for a relationship series. This is it. But we're going to go deeper. I want to talk about healthy church. I want to talk about healthy habits. I want to talk about healthy rest, so on and so forth. Uh, But today, and this is kind of the starting point of our series, and it's going to guide us over the next number of weeks, I want to talk about healthy spirituality, And really what we're going to do today is we're going to look at two principles that I believe are going to guide this whole series. Every series is different. Every every message, I should say, is different, but it is going to be guided by the two principles that we learn today. You guys ready? So we're going to go to the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 17, and uh, God is giving a message to his people through the prophet Jeremiah. And really what we're going to see is two pictures, health health. And unhealth. So, Jeremiah 17, verse 5 says this Thus says the Lord. Older translations say, Thus saith the Lord. I like that better, a little more powerful, right? Thus saith the Lord. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes his flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Now, God is speaking, again, thus saith the Lord, and he starts by saying, cursed. Now, I don't know about you, but a sentence that starts with, this is how you'll be cursed. I want to listen up a little bit. Now, a lot of times, especially in Christian circles, when we, when we hear that word like cursed, we kind of go like superstitious, like step on a back, step on a crack, break your mother's back kind of thing. Um, But even further, I think a lot of times when we talk about how to be cursed, or at least in our minds, we think of like evil, demonic things, like my mom growing up, like, don't watch scary movies, you'll be cursed. (laughs) Some of us, like, don't go trick-or-treating, you'll be cursed. But what's interesting, and I'm I'm not running a commentary on that, no. Parents, you guys can decide. But what's interesting is that the Bible is letting us know literally right here. Okay, this is what it looks like to be cursed. It says, cursed, can you put it up again? Cursed is the man who trusts in man, who makes flesh his strength. Now, what this is saying, literally, is cursed is the one who trusts in themselves. Now, in the Bible, there are this dichotomy that we see It's through the whole Bible, but very specifically, Paul makes it clear in the New Testament. He calls it the spirit and the flesh. We have two ways to live, the spirit and the flesh. Now, in Jeremiah 17, we get the flesh. And he's saying, cursed is the man who trusts in the flesh. Again, what is the flesh? The flesh is simply me. It is trusting in myself. The flesh is my natural inclinations without God. The flesh is like my first instinct. In simple terms, if you want to understand the flesh, the flesh is that thing that says, hey, take that extra piece of cake. Just do it. I know it's 10.30 p.m., but just do it. That's like that. You guys know what I'm talking about. That's the flesh. It's like my natural inclination. A little bit deeper, the flesh is that part of you that says, and you, you guys know this one, maybe the flesh is that thing that says don't forgive. Don't let that person off the hook. They need to know what they've done, they need to know how they've hurt you. Don't be kind. Just do you. Everyone following? That's the flesh. It's my natural inclination without God. And so what he's saying is, cursed is the one who trusts in themselves. And so going back to the kind of like the supernatural thing, like scary movies, demonic stuff. I want us to get this. Satan, the enemy, his strategy is not to get us to follow and worship him, it's to get us to follow and worship ourselves. Because that is far more destructive. So, here's the principle that I want us to understand. It's going to really guide us in this series. Here is the basic principle of an unhealthy soul self worship. If you want to be unhealthy, if you want to live in a state of unhealth, make your life all about me, all about you. That is the basic principle of an, unwealth, an unhealthy soul. Be totally and completely devoted to yourself. Now, even as I say that, that's probably ruffling some feathers because I think that sounds different than a lot of the messaging we hear nowadays. So, what does this person look like? We know he's cursed, but Jeremiah continues in verse 6. He says, He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, an unhabited salt land. Now, as as I read that, it's creating just like so many pictures Mental pictures, but the essence of what he's saying, he's saying a person that makes their life all about them is dry. When it says uninhabited unha- salt land, a salt land was a place where literally just the levels of salt in the, agri- in, the, in the ground were high. And so, generally, talking about like near a sea or a big lake body of salt water. But the issue with a salt land is that nothing could grow there because the water wasn't pure water. It was salt water. And so Jeremiah is painting this picture that I think is so rich about what it looks like when I trust in myself. And what's interesting is that we're going to see the blessed person in a moment, but the metaphor for both is water, but it's just a different type of water. In verse six, he's talking about salt water. Now what's interesting about salt water, and maybe I'm wrong, but if I'm looking at two Big bodies of water from the beach, a lake or a a spring and an ocean from the outside. I can't tell the difference. It's just water. And when you're thirsty, water looks good. But this picture that he is painting, and and this is where I really think I want to kind of break down some strongholds in our culture is that a lot of us have this idea that what my soul needs is a little more of me and just a little more time for myself, a little more selfishness, a little more self-care. But I began to wonder as I read this text, how many of us are drinking salt water where on the surface it looks and it sounds really good. Some of y'all listen to a podcast this week, you follow someone on Instagram, and their their whole algorithm is just so beautiful and color-coordinated, and it looks really good, but it's actually killing you. And you need, and all of us, we need not underestimate how easily we get deceived. But I want us to understand, anything that is making us look more inward is nothing but salt water. Can I tell you the other image that came to my mind as I read this? Dry places. Can I tell you? Some of you aren't going to like this. It made me think of Lipchat. Now I'm here to expose an industry. I believe, and I come from a long line of Lipchat users, I believe that Lipchat is one of the biggest scams in our culture, in our society. Now, if you didn't understand this, let me tell you why. lip chap temporarily helps your lips. But in the long run, it makes your lips drier as she puts some lip chap on her lips. You're like, Harrison, why would a company do that to me? (laughs) Because the drier your lips are, the more you have to buy their product. Pretty simple, people. But what's funny, and you can make your own conclusions on if you're going to keep using lip chap or not, (laughs) but I think a lot of times what I'm saying is that so many of us apply things to ourselves that help us temporarily but just leave us more thirsty. And I'm going to go specifically as we go into this series what that looks like. I think our overall picture of sex is so, so temporary in terms of the satisfaction that it will bring. When God never, listen to this, God never wants us to be restricted simply to not experience something. But God puts boundaries around us so whatever we experience, when we experience it, it is to the full. And it is abundant and it is filled with joy and peace and all of those amazing things. But so many of us fall into the lies of lip chap, don't forget that, where it's a temporary satisfaction but it leaves us dry. It leaves us dry. And the issue as we talk about spirit and flash is that as I begin to live more and more in the flash, more and more me, I can't distinguish. I can't tell the difference. It's just I know it feels good right now. And my lips don't feel like they felt 10 seconds ago, so this has to be good. So that's the first picture. Basic principle of an unhealthy soul is self-worship, a life revolved around me. Thankfully, Jeremiah doesn't keep us there. Verse 7, but it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. It is not anxious. I love this part. It is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Now, I'm, I'll break this down more in a second, but I really want to pull out the principle. Now, I could say it very basically, and it would still be true, that the basic principle of a healthy soul is trusting in the Lord. But that's kind of cliche. It's true, but it's cliche. And so I want to take a step deeper. And I want to give you just kind of one line on what it actually means to trust in the Lord. So putting it up there again, here's the basic principle of an unhealthy soul: self-worship. Right? A life that revolves around me. We got that one? Here is the basic principle of a healthy soul. Pretty simple: self-denial. How do I become healthy? A little less of me. A little more of him. Now, in the language on the screen. It says, the basic principle. So obviously it is more nuanced than this. I don't want anyone thinking like, just have to deny myself, become a monk, then I can really be healthy. Again, the basic principle. We're going to nuance it as this series goes on. Because following Jesus is more than just saying no to certain things. But what I want us to understand is that I cannot be faithful to Jesus if I'm 100% faithful and devoted to me. Do you guys get that? You see, maybe in the past we're worried about like people are so devoted to their jobs or the oilers or whatever. But I think the greatest enemy to healthy spirituality today is simply ourselves, it's being devoted to ourselves. And I I was speaking um, to Chase this week and I was just saying to him, you know, uh, as I go through this series and as I really just understand and listen to the lingo of the world, I think a lot of what I'm saying um, would be almost classified as abuse in outer circles, outside of the church. Like a life where you deny yourself. What kind of a life is that? But I truly believe, and as I said, God's boundaries that he puts on us are never to restrict us, but they're always to free us. And, and that's the starting point. If, if this feels deep, I'm not, I'm not going too deep today. I'm just, I'm just setting this up because you guys are going to be here next week, right? God's boundaries are never to restrict us, but always to free us. When Jesus says, anyone that, must, that wants to follow me must deny themselves, carry their cross, and follow me, he, that's not to restrict us but it's to free us. Why? Why is it freeing to deny myself? Jeremiah 17, verse 9, tells us. Anyone that knows me knows this is my favorite passage of scripture. <laughs> the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I need never underestimate the sickness of my own heart. And so what happens when I begin to believe the rhetoric, follow your emotions, follow your feelings, follow your zodiac sign. I could never forget that my feelings, my emotions, my heart lie to me all the time. What I think I want is not always what I need. I know there's someone at home today on self-care Sunday. What you think you need might not be what you actually need. And so as I said, because it's like Harrison, because my heart always just messed up till the day I die, kind (laughs) of. But it gets better. It gets better. But the truth is this. It's a constant. It's a constant thing. So I told you guys two big words. I'll teach for a second. Justification biblical world word to be justified means to be made right. to be free. So, so listen, when God, if you were to take up your case in terms of are you guilty or not guilty, and this, this is like judicial language. If God just looks at you and I, like yeah, yeah even you that like handed out meals yesterday, you that like tithes, and you that lets people in in traffic, even you. If God were to look at you, just simply you, and had to render a judgment, you're guilty. All of us we are guilty because we've all messed up. We've all fallen short. But through Jesus, and this is the cool thing and why we worship and praise his name, he literally on the cross steps in front of us. And so when I'm in him, all God sees is Jesus. And so then, and therefore, I'm justified. That's justification. I'm saved simply by faith in Jesus. How crazy is that? All that you've done. Come on, go, go to the worst place for a second. Don't say they're long because some of y'all are wild. But, like, go to that place and realize you have to do nothing but accept Jesus and it's completely washed away. You guys know the old song? Like, how does it go? Um, It's like, sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. You guys know that one? I love that song. Because my sin has left a stain like a red, like on like a shirt like this. Actually, what is this? Something, a crumb. But, like, my sin, my sinfulness, like, has left me guilty before the Father and has left me completely stained. But on the cross, when he paid it all, it's washed, white as snow, and I'm justified. Isn't that crazy? And I'll I'll give an appeal in a second. If you've never accepted that, I want you to accept it today. And that just takes a second. But this is where we get confused and this is why I think we need soul care. <laughs> you're saved, and you're safe, but your mind still isn't sound. Because a lot of us, and those, those crazy things, those wild things that you did, we're, we're not compartmentalized beings, as I said. Like, they live somewhere inside of us. Our habits still live inside of us. Our thought patterns still live inside of us. And so the next word, the big word, is sanctification. And so to be sanctified is this process and the language is continual. It is a process where God is making us more holy. God is making us more like him. We are being formed into the image of his son how through the holy spirit. But this is continual, this is constant and sometimes it's really really painful. And sometimes it doesn't go as fast as you thought it would go. And some of y'all have some habits, and you're like, Harrison, I've been prayed over, I've been prayed for, and it's not going away. And what I would suggest is perhaps you don't need more prayers. Well, we always need more prayers. But perhaps it's not just a prayer that you're looking for, but it's a process. And that process is what I'm calling soul care. Where we have to dig beneath the surface, we have to go a little bit deeper and let God begin to heal our wounds one by one, day by day. And by his grace and by his goodness, he will. And he promises it. But my heart is still sick. And so I can't trust it. And I love, and this is just, I want us to understand when it comes to the enemy. So what the enemy does is he prays on the weak. right? That's why he's an enemy. The Bible calls him the father of all lies. And so lying is his native tongue. So if you guys have ever been like, does the devil speak to me? I mean, I don't know in terms of your personal life, but I can tell you every single lie that you've ever heard comes from him. may not be directly from him, but it came from him. Does that make sense? And so John puts it like this, speaking of the devil, and this is Jesus in the Gospel of John. He says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy So, our souls, what does the enemy want to do? He wants to steal. What does he want to steal? Our joy, our peace, our contentment. Like, he literally wants to rob us of that. And so, maybe you didn't know this, but, like, you can be saved. You can be a Christian and still have struggles. I know, crazy, right? (laughs) Like, you can be saved and you can still, like, experience darkness and despair. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants to not just steal joy, not just steal our peace, not just steal our contentment. Inevitably, he wants to kill and destroy. That's the end game. And I think right now we are in an epidemic of hopelessness, an epidemic of lostness, of people searching for something. And I just love the next part of this verse because we know the something that we're searching for. Jesus says, that's what he came for. I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. But this is really important because everyone here is alive. Everyone in St. Albert that's walking around today is alive. What Jesus is talking about here is not simply being alive. The Greek word, if you want to get technical, is zoe. In English, zoe. Come on, somebody. And what that word means is life, right? But what Jesus is saying, he's saying, there is something I have that only I have, that each and every person needs. Zoe. So I don't need to just be alive. I need life. And life is only found in him. And if I have not found it in him, what that means is this. I'm literally a walking corpse. I'm breathing. I have blood. I have veins. But I'm not actually alive. Because he has that which we are looking for, that which can come and bring us peace and joy, protect us from the enemy. But the truth is this, I have to deny myself and follow him if I want that life. That's it. That's it. The enemy wants to turn us inwards. God wants us to be outward. I'll talk more in depth as this series goes along, but I'm just, I'm convinced and I feel like maybe I'm going to sound like a grandpa yelling at the clouds. But like I'm convinced that, like in, and, and maybe it won't even take 30 years, but I'm convinced that social media in 20, 30 years will be viewed upon the same as smoking today. Where we look back and we realize just how destructive it was for our health. Everyone did it. Your doctor does it. But it's slowly killing our souls. Because what social media does, and I don't know if it was intended, you know, originally as so, but it turns us inward. And the more inward I turn, the more my soul begins to corrupt. But God has something more. And that's what I want to lean into this series is the more that God has for us, the life that he has for us. But here's the thing. At the very end of the day, God never, will never do anything that you don't want him to do. So you want him to back off? He'll back off. You want him to leave? He'll leave. You want to have 12 hours of screen time this week? Have 12 hours of screen time per day. God's not going to stop you. This is what Jeremiah 17 verse 10 says. He says, I the Lord search the heart and test the mind. Look at this, and give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. So Literally what this is saying is our lives will reap what we sow. What we put in is what we're going to get out. And if all I'm doing is making myself about me, you are going to reap that which you have sown. And I think for a lot of us, and I love that part, he says he gives every man according to his ways. And so in the language of Paul in the New Testament, he says, those who sow in the flesh will reap destruction. But those who sow in the spirit will reap eternal life. And so it's a matter of this, as we go into this series, what am I sowing? What am I putting in? And I want you to understand, if you feel like, man, my life is a mess, I think that God is angry with me, couldn't be further from the truth. But I often think, That when our lives begin to go into these pits of despair, they are warning signals and warning signs to say something is off with my soul. Something is off. And so as we go into this series, what I want us to do is I want us to get healthy. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. I want us to get healthy and I want us to begin to care for our soul. So as I said, I have two basic principles. If I trust in me, My soul will not be healthy. Kind of rhymes. But if I want a healthy soul, my trust must be in him. And so, Jeremiah 17, verse 7, and this is the promise. This is what I want to leave us on. It said, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. I love this part. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream, doesn't fear when the heat comes, for he remains green. It's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. You see, this language, and this is so awesome, especially if you're like, Harrison, how can my soul be healthy when everything around me is crumbling, when everything around me seems dark? But he says, the one who is planted by water is literally connected to an everlasting stream that never runs dry, that never stops flowing. And so literally what that means is it doesn't matter what's happening around me. There can be darkness around me. There can be sickness around me. There can be despair around me. There can even be death around me. But I'm planted into something that is deeper. My roots go deeper. So I will not be swayed when the storms of life come. When the waves toss and the wind begins to blow, I am rooted in something deeper than what's happening around me. And so my heart in this series is quite simple. I want us to get rooted. I want us to go deeper. And I believe this promise is true that those that are connected to Him, the life spring of life, even in the year of drought, they're not going to stop bearing fruit. I might have lost this year. I might not be in the place I want to be in, but my life will still be fruitful. I will not stop being fruitful. Because I'm connected to the source. Come on, somebody. I'm connected to the source. And so today is pretty simple. Can we stand for a second, church? I want to take us progressively deeper as we go along. But today I just got a really simple appeal for us. If you want to put your trust in Jesus... You say, Harrison, I, I understand there's a journey ahead. I get it, but I want to trust in him. If that's you today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, because we're going to pray. If that's you, Harrison, I just want to pray about trust in Jesus. Can you show me your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Jesus, God, may we learn to trust you more, deeper in the hard times in the good times may our trust be in you may our lives reflect the glory of your goodness so God you see every hand you see every heart if there's someone today Lord that is making that step that simple first step of just reaching out that salvation step saying I want to move from death to life God we just thank you for for your Son, and for the sacrifice that you have given us. And so, Lord, as we go through this series, Jesus, I just pray that you take us deeper each and every week. I pray that truly our souls begin to mend. And, God, may there be less of us and more of you. We love you. We pray in your mighty and holy name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for Jesus? Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. If you made a decision to follow Jesus or you want more information about our church, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We would love to get in contact with you. Until next time, take care.